I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. So with Oscar Piastri now winning more Rookie of the Year awards than Lewis Hamilton, does that make him the better rookie? Or hold your horses there, folks. Uh, get a little bit complicated. As you might be the teensiest bit aware, I am a McLaren fan. I mean, well, gave that away, eh? So I feel kind of qualified and not having to worry about my bias because both of these drivers had their rookie years at McLaren. Oscar's entry into the sport has been nothing short of fascinating. But then again, so was Lewis's. Hang on, what about all the other big rookies that have come between Lewis and Oscar? Yeah, okay, we will touch upon those, of course, starting with, obviously, Max Verstappen. Well, you've got to remember that he did not start at Red Bull from the get-go. His first year was with Toro Rosso. And whilst he did impress in that car and his FP1 sessions in 2014, that first year was not exactly electric. It was interesting, sure, but it was not enough to make people go like, my goodness, he's amazing. No, that came in 2016. That is when Max Verstappen suddenly made everyone sit up and take notice and go like, this guy's good. This guy's really good. You win on your debut for a front-running team? Yeah, that's more like it. But for the purposes of this video, we are talking about the first year of their career. And whilst Max Verstappen was able to drag that car to a couple of fourth-place finishes, most people would have been like, yeah, okay, yeah, that, that's pretty good for a 16-year-old or 17-year-old. Not too bad. Let's see what happens next year. And then next year is like... Blimey. That Toro Rosso car did underplay his talents a lot, but with most rookies, they do tend to be in the slower cars. What we're talking about here for this video is impact. Immediate impact. Then there's Charles Leclerc. Leclerc, in a less competitive Sauber, made it sing. His rookie year was also remarkable. The car was even worse than the Toro Rosso car. In that season, Charles Leclerc was able to get four seventh places in one of the slowest cars on the grid in six races. And those other two that he didn't get seventh places, that was down to DNFs. And then of course he had that sixth place finish in Baku, which was very poignant after he won the previous year in F2 in the anniversary after his father's passing. And then much like Max Verstappen, he had an even better year in the following season in a much bigger team where he practically ran rings around the likes of Sebastian Vettel. But hang on, I know that you're going to be talking about Lance Stroll. His rookie season was actually kind of good. 
Yes, it was. Because he, unlike those other two, were able to get a podium in their rookie year. And now Oscar's been the one to supplant that by not only getting one podium in his first season, but getting two, or you could argue four, if you count the sprint podiums and his sprint win. Then there's the gaggle of the class of 2019 of Albon, Norris and Russell. George, he was understandably mired right down at the back. His best finish was a 12th place in a car that really didn't deserve to be in 12th place. His breakout time came the following year when he subbed in for Lewis at Sakir in 2020. And then of course you've got to throw in Lando Norris into the mix. He did have a very good first season considering that McLaren were now coming out of the doldrums of 2018 when they had a major existential crisis and finally stopped blaming Honda entirely for their failures over the previous seasons. He managed to get nearly 50 points in his rookie seasons, which is no mean feat. But the best scoring rookie that year was Alex Albon. He was then playing double duty for Toro Rosso. Then he replaced Gasly at Red Bull. He got some consistent top five finishes. And out of all three, that first year, Alex was probably the most impressive. Of course, it didn't stay that way. Lando then became the best out of those three for 2020. And we all know the rest from there. If you really want to be pedantic, if you took away sprint points, Alex still outscored Piastri. So yeah, Alex Albon is really underrated. But let's just go back to Oscar and Lewis. I think it is safe to say that of all of the rookies since Lewis Hamilton, Oscar Piastri's rookie year has been the best in terms of actual results. Especially when you consider that at the start of the year, he was nowhere near as lauded as he is now when we are going into his sophomore year. Because as we all know, back around this time last year, Oscar Piastri was kind of a villain. No one was really all that keen seeing him in a McLaren. Them thinking like, oh, he's out for himself. He completely swindled Alpine. He and Mark Webber, they're ruthless, they're selfish, they're inconsiderate. He's gonna fail! Yeah, people were really wanting Oscar to completely fall flat on his face. And for those first few races, it did look like that was the case, because the car was just awful. Thankfully, the way Oscar's handled himself this year, it's been mostly forgotten. And it really didn't help back then that Otmar Safnau was really having sour grapes at that time, questioning his integrity. And then to make things a little bit easier, he did end up losing his job the year following year. But if you fast forward to today and the MCL 60 of now, it's a completely different story. Now out of his shell and having won over the crowd of F1, Oscar has come away with nearly 100 points in his rookie season, as well as multiple podiums. He is the first rookie since Lewis to do so, as well as getting multiple fastest laps, also with McLaren. And as we touched upon earlier, Oscar has also won a race this season. And yes, of course, it was the Qatar sprint. And you may argue about the legitimacy of sprint victories. That is still something that Oscar should cherish. It was experience of racing at the front, albeit for a very short distance. So you didn't have to worry about time management, which is something that Oscar is struggling with at the moment. But there were other moments throughout the season which really showcased his talents, such as his ability to make double overtakes like he did in Austria. And his starts, my goodness, Silverstone, going up against Max with no fear, that was ballsy. But having said that, he does need to learn how to tone it down a little bit after his incident with Carlos Sainz in Spa, probably riding the high of his second place at the Spa sprint. Then we look at Lewis's rookie season. I don't think you need me to tell you that his rookie year was sensational. He got over 100 points using the old scoring system. A podium on debut, going up against a world champion convincingly, even sooner than Charles did in 2019. And he bagged multiple victories, 
only missing out on the world title by a point. Well, Lewis has got completely sewn up. Multiple victories in his first year. Oscar only getting one in a sprint? There's no contest here. Lewis is better. What about another rookie who had a similar really good first season? Of course, Jacques Villeneuve. Now, of course, he had that, and then he also, like Lewis, got the title the following year, but then he had nothing. And, uh, yeah. But those first two seasons, though, chef's kiss. There are many, many things that you really need to consider here, and why trying to compare Oscar and Lewis is a really, really difficult task, nigh on impossible. And let me preface this, folks. I'm not discounting either driver. They have done very well to be where they are in Formula One. And I'm really excited to see where Oscar goes. He's going to be an F1 for a very long time. From that emotional level, the level that gets fans on board and behind a certain driver, both drivers have made enormous impacts. Whilst Oscars you could equate to the likes of a snowball, gaining size and momentum as it progresses, Lewis's impact was more akin to an immediate and gargantuan thunderstorm. But okay, I know that some of you want to see some stats, so okay, here we go. If you go to the wonderful site FormulaOnePoints.com, a cornucopia of multiple stats, and if you ever want to equate points from previous regulations, it's really, really good. If we gave Oscar Piastri's 2023 season the 2009 scoring system that Lewis had in 2007, instead of 97 points scored, Oscar would have only had 30. The sprints don't count toward that total. And if you went the other way, excluding sprints, of course, because they didn't exist in 2007, Lewis would have scored 267 points. And to be fair, still with the modern scoring system, take away the sprint points that Oscar got, whatever scoring system you use, Lewis does have Oscar licked. But there are still other things to consider. Both started their careers with McLaren. Yes, they both had multiple podiums and fastest laps and have led a lap of a Grand Prix. And yes, they've also had a lot of preparation bestowed upon them before getting into the seat. Way more than whatever drivers in whatever era could ever hope for, especially today with Oscar. We gotta remember here, folks, that Lewis had a lot of preparation and a lot of backing from McLaren in his junior career, them spending over a million pounds on the kid ever since he was in karting in the late 90s. They were backing him the entire way, all the way up to his time in Formula 3. And Oscar? Yes, he did get a lot of time with the Alpine Academy as well. His F3 and F2 championships were another thing as well. And then, of course, he had a lot of development time in old Renault and Alpine machinery. They were Alpine and Renault, really lining him up to eventually replace the likes of Fernando Alonso or Esteban Ocon, whichever one came first. But then, of course, Ocon extended his contract for so long. Fernando, he was still knocking around and still surprisingly good and much to the annoyance of Alpine in a way. And it just meant that Oscar was not going to be getting on the grid anytime soon. So he was really looking like he was going to be benched unless Alpine loaned him out to Williams or something. Lewis also had F1 time testing. He got plenty of kilometers, thousands of them, testing out old McLaren cars before he then got into the seat in 2007. So both drivers, they did get a lot of preparation time. Now, understandably, Lewis got way more and in more relevant machinery since the regulations didn't change all that much leading up to 2007. Whereas Oscar, that preparation time was in much older machinery. And the 2021 car, the 2020 car, they were nothing like the cars that came in 2022. So it wasn't entirely fully representative testing time, but it was something much more than what could be said for the likes of Nick DeVries or Logan Sargent or Yuki Tsunoda or any rookie that have come out in the mid to late 2010s. The only way I think that you could fairly try and make a comparison between the two these days, and then you've got to take age into the equation, is if you stick Lewis Hamilton and Oscar Piastri 
in identical MP422s from 2007 and send them out around the track at Silverstone and in some sort of time attack mode, just qualifying straight up who can get the fastest time. So McLaren, if you're watching and those of you out there, let's pester McLaren. We need to see this happen. Just get Hamilton and Piastri out in the MP422 and uh, see who's the fastest. I really want to see that. I am not joking. But the variables which need to be factored in are numerous, but here are some of the bigger things to note. The cars of 2007 had traction control, which was then outlawed in 2008. And traction control, that is a major assist, as any of you who play racing games know. You turn traction control off, odds are you're going to spin it almost immediately. I do. Then there was also the fact that F1 teams could run their ECU, which was the car's brain, with far less oversight than the following year, 2008 again. And then there was also diff locking, which at one point in 2007, you could have specific differential settings for any single corner on the track you could want. And again, 2008 put a stop to that. It also led to a phenomena called electronic engine braking, which acted like an indirect sort of anti-lock brake system, an ABS, which meant that the rears were far less likely to lock up. So it meant that you could be a little bit more aggressive with the setup. But again, you couldn't really do that anymore. And even Hamilton noted that without these systems, it would be much harder than it was in his rookie year, that it would be easier to make mistakes and life would be trickier to manage. So when you take that into equation, that just makes Oscar's 2023 rookie season all the more impressive. There are no significant electronic A's in Formula One. And you've also got many other systems to consider. You've got to figure out when you're going to use your overtake button, your DRS. You've got to make sure that all the other systems are working. There's a lot more going on in an F1 steering wheel than there was even back in 2007. The modern cars have no traction control. They've got to standardize a much more closely monitored ECU and no real tangible driver aids other than you can change brake balance or something. You can't even run multiple engine modes anymore, depending on where you are on the grid. You get one mode for the race and that's it. You can't change it. So none of that party mode. So you could say that all of the modern rookies in Formula One have had it far harder than the likes of Lewis Hamilton and anyone before them. The fact they were able to keep the cars in a straight line is a major achievement, considering there are far less mechanical tools to help them out in getting the best out of the car so they can just focus on driving instead of just trying to keep it on the black stuff. And that does make Oscar's achievements in his rookie year all the more impressive. When given a car that can go for regular podiums and sometimes even be close to being the fastest car on the grid, he can be up there with his teammate. Of course, Oscar does have his weaknesses. And right now, his biggest weakness is tyre management over a whole race distance. And that is something he can rectify and he will do as he gains more experience. But what could be described as Lewis's major weakness? Well, it's kind of hard to say, but I think one thing you could think of, and this was probably manifested from his constant support from McLaren and the desire to get him in that McLaren seat, was just a need to impress, a need to constantly tell people that you were right backing me, that constant desire to impress and assert authority because McLaren were really charging Lewis to be the future of their team. And when Fernando Alonso came in, that was sort of questioning that. Like, you built me up to be the bastion of the team and then you got a two-time world champion. I think all of that doubt and uncertainty really played a part in probably doing a number on Lewis that year. And yes, Fernando Alonso is also a teammate killer. And Lewis has been the least scathed out of any of Fernando's teammates. In the years where he had teammates that weren't really challenging him, like uh, Heike Kovalainen, for example, and Valtteri Bottas, it was plain sailing. All was well. It was very clear what the dynamic was. But when you had people like Jensen Button in the mix, and then you also had Nico Rosberg when he was on his day, and now even George Russell, the harmonious attitude in that team gets... Uh, 
shaken up quite a bit. That is probably the only real weakness I can see in Lewis, and even then, it's something that can be overcome. And one flashpoint you could easily describe in that rookie year was China 2007, when he went off, when he was going into the pits, and that was the thing that did cost him the championship. But hey, it's a rookie season. You can make mistakes. It's okay. You can learn from them. And learn he did, because he got the title the following year, didn't he? Is Oscar going to do that next year? Well, no, he's still got a lot to learn. And there's Lando Norris to consider. And there's also Max Verstappen. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't see Oscar repeating what Lewis did in 2008. And also when you go back to the whole technical change, all of those removal of aids and the fact that Lewis was able to get the title, that just makes his career all the more impressive as well. But we're talking about rookie seasons, folks. Oscar is a lot calmer because as we've seen on the radio throughout the entire season, we have not seen Oscar blow up or get angry. The most we've even gotten out of him is when, for example, when, incidentally, when he collided with Lewis in both Vegas and in Monza, the most we got out of him was like, oh man, that's uh, kind of annoying. And then he proceeds to grumble like an old man, as in... <laughs> He's kind of like the Australian version of Kimi Raikkonen. As you can tell, to try and get any sort of win for either driver, you really have to go into areas where it's kind of nebulous and away from the act of driving. But what can be said is that both rookie seasons were amazing. If you put Oscar Piastri in a car that was like the MCL 60 at the end of the season, it could be a whole lot different. He probably would have way more points, but you can't really do that. You have to make do with the tools that you've got. And the tools that Lewis had at the time were able to give him the results. And with Oscar, when he did get the tools eventually, he was able to get results as well. Both drivers should be lauded for their achievements, their skills in their first year. They were able to do something that most drivers just can't do. So Lewis and Oscar, both great drivers. And I really am excited to see where Oscar goes from here. But I don't think he's going to win a title next year. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. I really do appreciate it. And until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye.